Let's get started. Welcome back to Reset, everybody. I'm your host, David McCabe. You can find me on Twitter at McCabeIO. Also, let's see, how about YouTube.com slash David McCabe? That's a good place to find my antics and videos and reviews. Welcome back to Reset. It's episode number 17. We're gonna, I got a lot of stuff for you today. It's going to be a fun, uh, good episode, so uh, hang in there. I'd like to start off by thanking uh, got a new patron, Mr. Jim Shoemaker. Thank you very much for subscribing to my, what do you call it? Patronage page? Patronage? Patreon? Patreon, that's it. So patreon.com slash David McCabe. You too can join in. I've got $2 levels. I think I even started at $1 level. And I will be doing some giveaways soon. I know I've said that, but I will be doing some of those. I've got a bag sitting over beside me. Reminds me every day I sit down that there's some things I've got to give away. So it's going to happen. It's crazy. I've been so busy. If you've watched my YouTube channel, you can see that I released two videos about science fair. Now, this this is not anything that pertains to this channel, right? It's not. It's science fair. It's kid stuff. But it's kind of cool. I mean, we're geeks, right? You can kind of geek out on some of this stuff. So my seven-year-old did convection air current thing so he got that shower real hot and then he shot bubbles in the shower and i mean literally the bubbles would go down they would get down to the the kind of the bottom of the shower and then they'd shoot back up in this cool circle of convection air it's really neat my nine-year-old he decides he wants to make a seismograph or is that a seismometer i think it's a seismometer so he makes a seismometer. I helped him out with the saws and stuff. And got an iPhone app that's kind of like a seismometer. And we went to the quarry and asked them when their next blast was. And he wanted to measure the blasts. So we did that. It was pretty cool. Now these videos aren't, they aren't like the project, right? They're just kind of additive. They're, they just kind of show a couple of like data points. That, you know, the whole project on this big board. I don't know if you did science fair when you're in school. Real good stuff. So the seven-year-old second grader didn't place. No awards. I felt bad for him. I mean, he this kid worked his butt off, right? For a seven-year-old, he worked hard. Nothing. But the whole second grade almost made science projects because some of the teachers required it. The other grades, they didn't require it. So it was voluntary. And if you want to put in a science project, you do. So he has solace in that. He was up about up against, you know, 50 other kids, 50 other projects. And there were some good projects. Now, the fourth grader, the nine-year-old, he got third place. So I was happy about that. He got, he got some other awards, too. He got like a, you know, some... A, a, recognitions for, you know, job well done, certain aspects of different parts of uh, science. So he gets to move on to uh, a universe, local university here and compete for state. Now, only fourth graders can go to state. So he's done this for three years in a row now. 
It's actually his second, third, fourth. So yeah, this is, I can't remember. He's done it a lot. Um, he's gone, he's gone to this competition twice and he is uh, hopefully going to vie for state. And I think he will do much better. So he only got third, but I think he'll do much better at this, um, at the university because it's judged by adults. I don't mean that in any disparaging way, but the elementary school judged it with high school science kids. And they're just, it's just a different, it, it's just different. You know, having watched this science fair stuff this long. So I, I'm sorry to get off on a tangent with you, but I hope that in some way that geeks you out and makes you want to do science with your kids. It's, it's an absolute ball. And, um, that's kind of what I've been doing for a couple of weeks. You know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta be there for him when he has a question, or if he wants to do something with this project or do something with that. You know, he just, you know, the nine-year-old just can't go out to the um, drill press and you know just fire it up on a whim or use the nailer, you know, the air compressor and the nail gun. So you kind of got to be there. So I've been doing that a lot. It's fun. Um. I've posted at homeservershow.com on the forums about Vizio TVs. Did you see this in the news? Vizio TVs, the U.S. edition, put a little check mark in their TV menuing system. The option was called Smart Interactivity, but it wasn't very smart of them. and It wasn't really smart interactivity at all. What it said was, in the privacy policy, mind you, this was ticked on by default for every TV, every TV that had uh, internet connectivity or your smart TVs by Vizio. It was going to do a pixel-by-pixel capture of what you're watching and send it back to Vizio. Now, granted, I... Vizio is probably not the only company doing this, you know, getting stats from their TVs and selling it off. And granted, they were selling it and they were making money and benefiting from this. But what they were doing, they kind of crossed the line when they were capturing a little extra data. They were going back to uh, almost address, honestly, almost where you live, Pretty close to who exactly who you are and what you're watching, where you live, your IP address, and everything. So they cross the line. So if you have a Vizio TV, I would recommend that you at least go read my post in the forums and check your TV, especially if you have a smart TV. I turned mine off, needless to say. I'm still going to keep the TV. I'm not going to go out and bash it with a hammer, but I kind of felt a little betrayed. I wonder what you feel like. I think they crossed the line, and I wonder if anything else is going to become of it, too. They had to pay the state of New Jersey $2.2 million for violating something in New Jersey. Who knows what the heck that was, but uh, I do have some links in the uh, in this post where you can read about that. So, interesting stuff. Anyway. Okay, Super Bowl has come and gone. I'm not going to talk about that, but we had a party here at the McCabe Reset Headquarters. And I did some preparation. I put some TVs all around the house. And I had in my basement area, I had a TV in the bar, TV in a poker room area, and the main TV that we play games and watch movies at. Now, I did not have uh, HDTV, I mean, uh, HTPCs at every single 
television. Uh, what I did was I just got it from the antenna, ran it into the home distribution network, uh, amped it up a little bit, and coaxed it into each one of these locations. Now, I also did that on the top level, the main level, in the kitchen. I had a little, was it a 20? I think a little 20-inch TV. So if you were in there gathering food, whatnot, and head back to the basement, you could see it. That you could, you know, grab a, grab a look at the game there. And also in the main uh, great room TV where we have our media center PC. Now, here's where it gets interesting. That media center PC is on an HP... Um, HTPC, and it is run by two old-school HD home runs, my silicon dust. And the old-school ones, I mean the white ones that are kind of elongated, and they have two coaxial inputs in them. So you have to split somewhere and then input into that. So you're going to you lose a little with that splitter. Now, the new HD home runs in the two-flavor, the two-tuner flavor, split internally so you kind of get i'm not i don't know if it's a zero db split but it's better than using a splitter right everything worked great in my house except fox on the htpc on the media center pc now i tried to find anything and everything that was affecting this signal and i could not figure it out it kept stuttering I rebooted the PC just in case. But it would kept, you know, that, that digitization stuttering kind of thing. So it was really kind of uh, uh, kind of irked me, needless to say. I've got 50 people in my house, and a couple of them wanted to sit on this couch and watch the game there and not go to the basement. But we kind of had to, you know, shoo people to the basement to get the better experience, which I hope people, you know. If that's a lasting memory of my house for these people, that's going to suck, right? So, needless to say, these old school, I mean, I, these things are so old, I don't even know how old these HD home runs are. They go back to five, seven years easy. So, they're fired. I, I'm chunking them out the window. What I did is, I say that a lot, right? Chunking it, chunking it in the lake, chunking it out the window. I bought the... The small two-tuner HD home run. I'm going to replace the four with the two. I think we can get away with uh, just recording two things at once. Heaven forbid we need to record more than that on over-the-air um, television. But I'm hoping that this will solve my problem. I'm also going to look at my splitter usage, which is it's nil. I mean, I had a one to four, right? Because I had four tuners. So I had a, a one to four, and what I did was I completely unplugged the second HDHR and took those out of the equation and took one of those splits and ran the OTA signal into my distribution amplifier throughout the house. So that's how I got that done. So I, I thought you might be interested. I kind of got, I don't know, I felt I felt bad for my people that were trying to sit there. It's like it's a horrible, I mean, it's a, you know. When you're trying to watch football and it's digitizing and he, the quarterback's under center and then a second later, you know, the guy's running down the field. You, you missed everything in between. So that's horrible. So HD home run, it's, I'm going to call this my fault. I'm not going to, I think these tuners are loose and the OTA signal 
that did not go through the HD home runs looked fantabulous. It looked great. So I got a link to that in the, I'll put that in the show notes and let you see that. It's, I think it was a hundred bucks. Pretty, pretty simple stuff. Now, this is going to lead in soon to a topic. I want to do a cord cutting uh, special. I've, I've mentioned this to the folks that I want to help me with this, but soon we're, we'll do this because I keep, I keep rolling these questions around in my head if I shouldn't go, if I shouldn't kill the Media Center PC and buy the NVIDIA Shield. So that is where my brain is at right now. So just letting you know this could become a reset issue very soon. I could be resetting something. So fun stuff there. And we talk about this thing in the forums over at homeservershow.com slash forums. If you've never been there, come chat with us. Speaking of chatting over there, um, a lot of guys are talking about Untangle. Have you heard of this? Okay, so we talk about home networking a lot. So Wi-Fi, routers, you name it, we're talking about it. A cool website that I frequent and a lot of our readers and listeners frequent, Small Net Builder. Now, the reason I'm bringing this up is first and foremost to inform you about it. If you have never heard of it or haven't looked at it, it's a software package that you can run at home and it's got many, many cool security features and it's fun to take a look at. So I think that probably you should take a look at it. Smallnetbuilder.com did, they just did a really brief look at this. I think you could probably get more information from my forum over at homeservershow.com. So check that out. I bring that up again as a secondary thing boiling around in my head is, yes, I would like more security in my network. I'm currently testing some Wi-Fi products, and I have recently turned back on Circle Home. Have you been, let's see, how long has this been? It's been last year since I talked about Circle Home. It's a little Wi-Fi box. It has an Ethernet jack in it. It's got a built-in battery as well. And it's basically a net nanny for your network. Now, if you've heard me talk about or you've seen us talk about in the forums about profiles, it's much more than profiles. A lot of these Wi-Fi routers can profile where you put a name in there and you assign the devices, the phone, the laptop, the tablet to a certain person, kid, adult, and then you can maybe pause the internet on that profile. Now, Circle Home goes a whole step further where you can assign bedtimes, you can turn it off instantly. You can, like like for my kids, I can turn off YouTube. I can put them in their own little profile and say, you know, seven-year-old, no YouTube, turned it off, and it will not load YouTube on his iPad. It's really a great thing. It comes with a little bit of network overhead, but not a lot. And the cool thing about it is, is you can run it on Ethernet. And you kind of have to trick it into running on Ethernet, but it is possible to do that. So that's how I do it here at home. I haven't been on it for quite some time because I've been testing Wi-Fi in and out in the um, up here in the uh, Reset Studios. But Untangle, Circle Home, and a lot of these wireless pro- 
products we're looking at today have increased security. Now that brings me to Almond. Almond 3 is another product that I've looked at. Take a look. I did all the reviews, I believe, in YouTube. But I took a look at the three-pack of the Almond 3. They've come out with an extra layer of security. It's an add-on to their product, which is kind of cool. I mean, it, it stinks because it you have to pay for it. But it's kind of cool that it is offered out there where you can turn on these extra features just by adding you know, a couple of dollars per month or something like that. I like that. I like the ability of a manufacturer to increase the longevity of their product and also the value of the product to the consumer by offering this extra layer of security where they can, what they're doing is they're taking a deep look at some of the devices on your network, like cameras. Remember back a month or so ago when a botnet of IP cameras attacked certain websites. Well, Almond's going to try to detect these cameras and check to see if they've been infected or if they don't have their default username password combination changed, which is kind of huge and it's kind of how this thing started in the first place. So that is a neat feature of the Almond products. And all of these manufacturers are getting to the point where they you have to consider network security. Luma, Eero, everybody's doing it, or everybody is going to do it. Right now, I do it with Eero. I don't have the profiles turned on. And Circle Home. I like the Circle Home. It's a non-subscription product, and it's 99 bucks for the box. So it's a pretty cool little deal. Now, having mentioned Almond 3... I put Almond 3, Eero, and Orbi up against each other in a, I don't know, knockdown, drag out Wi-Fi speed test. And I learned so much doing this. I did it wrong, and I thought I did it right, and I did it wrong again, and then I scrapped everything and did it again. I had a good time doing this, but came to the conclusion that no speed test is perfect. And I had to get a lot of help to get here. I use a lot of forum members to kind of round out my details and my testing method. Test it up here in the Reset Podcast Studio. And I put one device on one side of the room and the other device on the other side of the room and tested the speed. And you can find that complete post with those three vendors, Almond 3, Eero, and Orbi, out in the forums. All right crazy i keep saying homeservershow.com slash forms but that's where it's at and please go read about that the speeds i thought came out interesting i'm not going to tell you who won or who lost so next we need to test we need to test range we need to test uh going through walls we need to kind of make it down to earth back there's walls in houses it's not just you know an open air wi-fi test in your house i can't duplicate everything but i can duplicate a lot of things so i'll probably do a one wall penetration speed test and then secondly i want to do the unconnected 
access point where the access point is simply plugged into power and that's it. It's using its wireless backhaul to get out to the internet to you know to another unit. So that is the second round of testing and I will follow up with you on that. So please stay tuned. Go see that post. It's getting a lot of attention uh, from some other guys and our, our Wi-Fi section out there in the forums is, is really quite amazing what these guys are doing. There's tons of different products out there and everybody has a perfect product for them. And granted, these three that I've tested are are not going to be for everybody. And that's what we're trying to figure out and give you enough information where you can say, hey, maybe I could use the Orbi product because it has more power. Or maybe I need the Eero product because I can put more access points in more places. Or I like the Almond because it has a Zigbee radio built in for home automation and it can do all kinds of cool stuff. So I'm just throwing that out there for you and we'll discuss it and we'll, we'll come back around here on Reset and we'll talk about it here too. Okay, staying with Wi-Fi for just a little bit longer, bear with me. I've got some more review units on the way, but one I have on my desk right now is the brand new Synology router. It's the RT2600AC. This thing is a beast. It has a 1.7 gigahertz dual core CPU. It's got four ginormous antennas, quad stream, dual band, MU-MIMO, AC2600, MU-MIMO, MU-MIMO, MIMO. I don't know how you say that. MU-MIMO. Multi-in, multi-out, right? And it does some extreme VPN processing. So I'm going to try that out as well. I can't wait to get this thing under, just under test, right? So the first thing I'm going to do with it is put it in the same test configuration I did with the other gear, get some speed out of it. I've got an Asus uh, uh, Wi-Fi card, and it's granted it's not a 2600, but 2600 I think is a number that's probably not achievable by anything because they claim that it's up, up to what, 2.5 gigabits per second? This is not going to happen. Um so we're going to test that. <laughs> Sorry, I'm kind of I'm getting all over the place on you, aren't I? But it does look cool. I've unboxed it. I've shot that video, but I don't know when I'm going to release that. I've got a lot of things that are going on at once. I pushed out. Let's talk reviews. So let's move from Wi-Fi. Oh, I'm going to come back to Wi-Fi. I have a, something to tell you. I think that I'm done with Eero. I think I'm done with Eero. I think I'm going to move on. I can't, I have trouble staying in one spot for a long time. And there's something up with either my house or my Eero's. And I keep getting disconnects every once in a while with my Eero's. Not only from the devices, but from the internet as well. The Eero's in general. So I think I'm going to move on. I may jump on the Almond bandwagon. I could possibly go with the Orbi. I think I would need three Orbeez in order to comfortably cover what I've got. And that's it. I, I might be done with Eero. I, I like my Circle Home, and it, that's not causing it because we were having this trouble before. 
and I've changed routers. I'm actually using Eero as the router now, and we're still having these issues. So I may involve Eero one more time, and I may not. I don't know. I may just move on. Let's move on to, speaking of, let's go to review units. Like I said, I've got the Synology router that's going to go into the review desk. I've got an antenna kit for my drum. Now, I'm flying the DJI Phantom 3 standard, and I have purchased a small, like, parabolic range extender for the, for the, for the system. And I've also gotten in the mail, like, a mod kit to mod the controller and put on larger antennas. Not only larger Omnis, but patch antennas to get way more range out of it. So I'm going to be taking a look at that. And I've also got this, I tweeted this out yesterday. Now, you guys probably remember Pogo Plug, right? This is not Pogo Plug. This is Lima. It's a little, I mean, this is a very small device to create your own personal cloud. Now, this is going to be for folks that don't have network attached storage. They don't, they're not spending a whole lot of money on backups and things like that. And you, and you know, some people say, Hey, what should I do? And you can recommend this little device where it, they, it creates your own little cloud. There's a connector on there for a USB hard drive. There's a power connector and there's ethernet. You plug this in and it walks you through getting the apps for every platform you can imagine. It's got Windows, Mac, Android, iOS, and Linux. So when you take a photo on your phone, it uploads it to your Lima. I threw, uh, it maps a drive, so you have a network, network attached storage literally on this little device with your attached hard drive. Mapped a drive on my computer, threw in an album of music, left the house, fired up my phone, and streamed that music to the phone. So it was really cool. So it's like your own personal cloud, and you don't have to trust anybody out there in Cloudland with your files. I do not know how much this thing costs. There is a wait list for this. If you want to get on it, you got to go to meetlima.com and sign up for it. It's not for sale yet, but it's really kind of cool. And I think when it hits the mass market, I think it's. I think this one's going to work. I think this one's a hit. I will let you know if I find any gotchas. I am using it right now. It's plugged in as we speak. And if I don't like it, I'll let you know. But so far, I've it's been 24 hours, not a whole lot of time. And I don't use it a lot, but it's there and it's backing up my photos. And I'm going to throw it on some more computers and create a little personal cloud. I think this might be something very simplistic for the other people in my family, right? They're not going to fire up crazy apps to get to files that they need in the house. But this thing would allow them to do that. And maybe we could mirror some directories on a NAS to the Lima and use it that way. I don't know. I'm still kind of I'm still kind of playing with it. One thing I know you can do is you can have two of these things and you can mirror the data on them. I don't know if you can mirror over the internet, but I know you can mirror on your network. So that would be kind of cool, a little added protection for your data. It's meetlima.com, and I'll, uh, 
I'll keep you up to date on that. I just published my big review of the OmniCharge Omni 20. Now, this thing is a portable battery, and it's a very large portable battery, and I did a YouTube on it. I've got the complete review. I've been using it for over a month now, and I think I got enough data on it to publish, and I sent that out the day of recording uh, Reset 17, so you can take a look at that. It's on the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash David. McCabe, and you can actually pre-order this thing for a March delivery. It's coming up, and you can get it cheaper if you get it now. Now, it's expensive. This is a pro-level device. The pre-order is 250 bucks. I know, it's expensive, but it's, I mean, this is a big battery, and if you're a roadie, and you're running around needing power, you probably already have something similar, you know, a larger battery. Not just the little lipstick uh, sticks of battery for, you know, 25% charge of a single phone. This thing is a big honking battery and you can customize it for all kinds of things. It comes with a Surface Pro tip. It comes with a MacBook Pro tip. And by what I mean about that is it's a cable. It's about 12 inches long and it's got the Surface Pro tip on it. Pro 3, Pro 4 by that. And it goes straight from the battery pack to your surface. You don't have to get the power brick out and plug it in. So if you're like needing this, you know, flying or something, you've got it just real compact. You don't have all this cable everywhere. So I found it to be rather cool, especially for someone traveling and, uh, you know, a professional. And it's the same with the MacBook Pro. It's got the um, the MagSafe one. It's not for that new one with the uh, touch bar thing with the USB-C. It's the old one, the good one with the SD card. So it's a real cool battery. It's omni-charged. It's the Omni 20. It's 20,400 milliampere hours battery. It's got Qi charging, wireless charging. It's, it's crazy. Watch the video. It's, um, it's a crazy battery. Crazy good. Okay, last thing on my radar here is uh, another Synology item. It's surveillance station. If you buy... A Synology NAS, you get two licenses on that NAS for surveillance station. And now that is the the camera package. So you can hook up two wireless cameras, Ethernet cameras, PoE cameras, whatever. It supports tons of them. And you can monitor those with the NAS, record, do motion detection, all that kind of good stuff. Comes with two. Now you can buy them for more. And if you want to, you know, watch your business or, you know, wrap your home in, in cameras, you can do that. What you had to do to monitor this before was either use the app on the phone or go into the website of the NAS, click on surveillance station and open live view and whatnot and look at the cameras. Well, now there's a client. There's a standalone client for Mac and Windows that allows you to start a piece of software on the PC and run all of the apps for surveillance station. Now, if you've never used this, you're saying, okay, Dave, whatever, I can do this with other things. And yes, yes and no. If you're a Synology person and you have cameras, you're jumping for joy because all you got to do now is double click an icon and you're straight in 
to your cameras. I've got a dedicated tablet now that's running the app and has my cameras on it. And it's just sitting on my desk. It's awesome. That is awesome. I love that. The other thing that was such a pain in the butt with Synology is the way that they used their video, they didn't support Chrome. It didn't support, I don't think it supported Internet Explorer either. So they had to have a plug-in for the web browser in order to look at the video. And I think all you could use was Firefox and Safari. And it was such a pain in the butt. And that's been like that for at least a year. So let me just tell you, this is really huge. And you can do everything that you need to do with the cameras inside of that app. Set them up, do the rules, do patrols, whatever you need to do with your cameras. You can do it right there in the app. And it is, honestly, it's fantastic. Surveillance Station 8.0 with the Synology NAS. It's it's out. It's it's cool. It's really cool. I need to do more with it and show you more because it it is really a great application. Especially um, if you already own a Synology NAS, you've got it sitting there. Use it. It's really cool. If you've got two, you can use both of them and chain them together. And on one screen, you can look at four cameras. It's just, it goes on and on, folks. It goes on and on. So this has been Reset 17. I hope I've covered everything in my notes. It looks like I've pretty much gotten everything. Every once in a while, I skip over something. Or I skip it on purpose thinking, it's just not the time and the date for this. And I did that uh, on one topic, talking about laptops and power. But not battery, but power. And I want to talk to you about that someday soon. I'm kind of hoping that Microsoft's going to come out with some new service uh, options. And that will help me in that chat with you about the power of the laptop. Come on, Microsoft. Don't make us wait too much longer. All right. I'm your host, David McCabe. This has been Reset number 17. Thank you so much for listening. I do appreciate that. If you have, have a chance, go out to iTunes. Give me some stars. If you don't, then go to Patreon and um, sign up and be a patron. Last but not least, I do have this thing called a YouTube channel, and I really would appreciate your subscription. That's been my focus lately, is getting you video reviews and having fun while doing so, because I really enjoy it. As much as I enjoy doing this podcast, I enjoy putting those videos together, and I'm learning a lot about how to do this business, and it It seems like it would be easy, but this is hard stuff to do. I'm telling you. All right. Enjoyed it? Let's talk. Let's talk in a week or two, okay? See you later. This has been Reset, a member of the Geeks Network. Check out thegeeksnetwork.com for more great podcasts and forums. Reset can be found at mccabe.io, youtube.com slash David McCabe for the videos, and on Twitter at mccabe.io. Intro and outro music by Daryl Lee. Find Daryl Lee at soundcloud.com. Daryl Lee Music. That's D-E-R-L-E-E Music. Support of this podcast can be done at patreon.com slash David McCabe. And if you wouldn't mind, throw a couple stars out there on iTunes if you get a chance to. Thank you for supporting, and I'll see you next week on Reset. <laughs>